Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Simon Says, Let's Talk Business, here on Business Radio X. I'm your host, Al Simon, with Sandler. And on our show, we talk with high-performing business professionals. We're looking to sharpen our skills. We're looking to learn new ideas and concepts, share best practices, and get to know really smart people. So, listen carefully, take notes, and look for the contact information of my guest at the end of the show so that you can engage with them if you'd like. And as always, we will conclude the show with a sales tip from me in our Ask Al segment. And speaking of really smart people, we have our guest today is David A. Dodd. He is the chairman and CEO of Geovax. Really smart person. Right, David? Really Thank smart. you. Yeah, really smart. Person. I don't know if I agree with that or others, but anyway. Well, I've been talking with you a little bit here, and I, I, I got to believe that the work y'all are doing is incredible. So let me just say that, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Good. So let me just say that Geovax Labs is a clinical stage biotechnology company, and you're working to develop novel therapies and vaccines for cancers, uh, specifically head and neck cancers. And also, you're doing a lot of work, obviously, these days in COVID-19 and others, right? Did That's I get all that right? That's correct. Okay. So let's start with COVID. Let's see. I mean, it's on everybody's mind, as always. Has it been since, it's been on everybody's mind since, what, I guess the three full years now, right? So what is your uh, next, veneration, next generation COVID-19 vaccine all about, David? Thank you, Al. Well, it was three years ago this month that we all learned about this virus coming out of China. Yeah. Uh, we didn't even call it COVID then. We, we knew it had something to do with SARS. It became known as SARS-CoV-2, and the world has certainly changed since then. It certainly has. And, and some people thought, we'll develop a vaccine, we'll get rid of it, and that's great. And others took the approach that, no, I think this is going to be one of these viruses that continues to evolve continues to change and is going to require um, vigilance, continued vigilance to be able to get ahead of the, the virus rather than always chasing after it. And, and that was the approach that we took at, at Geovax in early, uh, in early 2020. Uh, it was our, I didn't do it, but certainly our scientific team had the foresight and the understanding as virologists, microbiologists, immunologists to take that approach. So what we have now today, fast forward ahead, is we have a vaccine that is in two phase two clinical trials. Those are the are efficacy trials as well as the safety. Phase one is a safety trial. Phase two is where you test for safety and efficacy against particular disease within specific populations. And then a phase three is typically where you go forward based upon what you found a much larger trial to be able to seek regulatory approval registration be able to sell a product and, okay. and ship it and all so those right. are that's the development our uh, covid-19 vaccine which we refer to as CM04S1 i guess officially we refer to it as GEO for Geovax we always do that okay. hyphen CM04S1 but but essentially is a vaccine that is been constructed and is different and goes beyond what the current authorized vaccines are providing and are addressing. So if you're looking at the Pfizer vaccine, the Moderna vaccine, even the, the Johnson Johnson, the Novavax, or the AstraZeneca vaccines, all of those are similar in that they target to induce a very strong antibody response. That's very important. 
because you get infected, you want to have a strong antibody response, throw that wall up and slam that virus down. Yeah. So that's what you're looking for, and they refer to neutralizing antibodies. But let's just think of it as antibodies, the soldiers mm. of the body, the front line. Right. So that's important, and, and it's critical, and that's what has enabled us to, to reduce the level of hospitalizations and fatalities. Unfortunately, with the virus continuing to evolve, uh, what we've seen is that we have to continuously chase after this virus, and we have to re-engineer it, go after it. We're talking about XBB 1.5 today. It wasn't that long ago. It was Omicron and Delta, and who knows what it'll be next. But there's another side of the immune system. That's the cellular immunity. And that's where you hear the word T-cells thrown around a lot. And what is important there is T-cells are what drive memory in terms of immune responses. So if your body produces an immune response to to a threat, let's say a virus, you you want it to remember that, Mm. and you want it to be durable. That's where the other side of the immune system comes into play, otherwise known as as T-cells or cellular immunity. And in order to induce a strong T-cell or cellular immunity response, we've constructed and have out now being tested among people, and we'll talk about that in just a moment, uh, a vaccine that not only targets the, the same element of the virus as the existing vaccines, but it also includes another component of the virus. And, and that is one that is, is, is specifically included to induce a very strong T-cell cellular immunity. The difference is the existing vaccines are built on technologies that are unable to include but one component of the virus at a time. So they're going to pick that antibody because that would make sense. Yes. We use a different technology, and we've been able to demonstrate across various infectious diseases, as others have using this same technology, up to five, even more, you know, different components of a virus. So in doing that, you get a very broad coverage of that. And so we're currently testing in a phase two trial. Uh, again, a direct comparison against the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine among people with blood cancers. And Al, this is very important because people with blood cancers and other immunocompromising conditions, dialysis, sickle cell anemia, HIV, they could have, um, they could have uh, health conditions such as multiple sclerosis, anything that weakens the immune condition, those people have impaired ability to respond to an antibody response specifically. And that's why it's important to try and induce a very strong T-cell or cellular immunity. So we believe that by testing this vaccine specifically among individuals, in this case who have blood cancers, because we know that their bodies do not mount much, if any, of a response to antibody stimulation, we'll be able to demonstrate a a more robust, more durable, and more protective uh, for these individuals that have compromised immune systems. And and there are approximately 15 to 20 million people in the United States who have different conditions that put them into this category that the current vaccines are inadequate about 250 million people worldwide. So say, we've got yeah. huge populations for which the for whom the current vaccines are simply inadequate. So we have we have that clinical trial underway. We also have another clinical trial with the same vaccine among healthy individuals who initially were vaccinated by either the the Moderna or the Pfizer vaccine 
But for a booster, instead of receiving that same shot over and over again, which doesn't seem to do much from what we can tell now, we're, they're being administered our vaccine because it has been shown in other areas of, of health care, especially in HIV, that by combining different vaccines to induce a broader, more robust, you get a much better booster and one that may last up to a year or more rather than just three months. So we have two clinical trials with that vaccine underway right now. now and do, you get, do you get results or feedback or data as the phase two is going on, or do you have to wait till it's over? Uh, it, we actually get some results uh, while it's in process. Yeah. So, for instance, in, in one of our trials, there's what's known as a safety lead-in. So you start off with, with the patients. There are different categories. Same blood cancer patients, but maybe they were under CART, what's known as CART-T transplant uh, uh, therapy or either stem cell transplantation. So as those data, it's around like 40 or so patients, and maybe the total trial is 260 patients. Okay. So we get that initial look at what we're seeing on that. And uh, in, in, in those data are currently being written up right now as we speak, and they'll they? be coming forward in the first half of this year. And, and I'll, all I would say, this is on radio, but I just say I'm obviously smiling as I talk about this. Yes, we, I bet we, you are. We believe, yeah, that, we believe that this type of vaccine, and this is how we've positioned, we're a smaller company. Uh, we can't compete with the big players. There's, it would be crazy to. So we have to carve out a niche. You know, this is what you do all the time in sales training and all, teaching people. So we need to find some area of real estate that we're going to own and be known as the expert in. And our technology allows us to address people with compromised immune systems. Okay. So we are specifically developing and positioning the use of our vaccine as as among individuals with compromised immune systems from various types of uh, of medical conditions so that's how we're focused and how we're building that business around okay. that and you've got a lot you got a, a track record in that area people with compromised immune systems because you've done so much work in the oncology area especially for head and neck correct. cancers right correct and also before that uh, hiv correct correct yeah. we really we have right now we have people that are coming to us who deal with those types of populations mm. in the early part of this year certainly in the first half we anticipate a third phase two trial that will be specifically among individuals with chronic lymphocytic leukemia or CLL oh, okay. these individuals because of the nature of that um, cancer and the nature and, and the results of the therapy that they may be receiving their bodies mount minimal to no response to antibody stimulation. So we specifically were contacted by the CLL Society, which is based out in, uh, in Los Angeles, uh, knowing they knew about our product. They knew that it was being uh, targeted for people with blood cancers, et cetera. And so what has happened is we now have uh, soon to roll out and be announced, you know, officially start a, a third phase two study that will specifically evaluate our vaccine for those individuals because, again, they're not being well, uh, well managed and, and there's no other hope. You give them the monoclonal antibodies, Paxlovid, that's, that's been shown not to work for these populations. Current vaccines don't work for these populations. And we think uh, this is where 
uh, we can make a big difference. To our knowledge, we are in the lead worldwide uh, testing a vaccine that is a multi-component or antigen, they would say, a vaccine that is specifically targeting against various cancer patients, or officially they would call it hematologic malignancies, but let's just call it blood cancer. Thank patients. you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Dumb it down for the, uh, they, for the for host me. here. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's what we do. We do have yeah. significant experience in that regard. That, that is exciting. That yes. is really exciting that you've got that situation yeah. going on. Uh, so and it must be kind of your world, right? I mean, you start new things and you, you just and you, you try to uh, make sure that it works. And it, as you say, it's uh, it's it's safe, uh, but it also is effective. Uh, and then you get people to invest. That's, uh, exactly. So and you're always it, on pins and needles in your world. Huh? It, it's a huge it's it has the high it's the highest risk industry I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, and and yet it's very satisfying, certainly from a uh, from a shareholder development standpoint. Success breeds um, great value that goes to the shareholders. But more than ninety percent of projects that are started fail, so mm, it's very wow. high risk but pleasing reward. And if you are an individual that has a, a very strong inclination, interest in, let's say, in public health as and being on the industry side of delivering that and recognizing, think of it just the last 10 years to 20 years, the different diseases and conditions that have arisen that we never knew when we were younger. And so there's always emerging needs, which means opportunities. Mm -hmm. And uh, emerging opportunities means some will be successful and some will fail. But it does mean that uh, for many different ways, it, it certainly keeps you excited and focused a lot. And, uh, and there's just a, a tremendous you know, satisfaction for many reasons, but when a product is then successfully developed and being administered uh, around the world, that's important. One of the distinctions we have with our technology also is most vaccines you hear about require frozen state or extreme refrigeration. They call it cold chain supply. Mm -hmm. The current uh, Pfizer vaccine, for instance, has to be delivered minus 80 degrees Fahrenheit, and it's only good for four to six hours. Now, and it requires multiple dosing. Imagine delivering that somewhere in Africa, because one, you're not going to have people at the same location all the time. They go from village to village, and you don't have the conditions that are amenable to being able to distribute it. Our technology allows uh, to be able to be freeze-dried, they call it lyophilization, okay. and, or to be minimal refrigerated. I mean, you literally could carry it around the, the vaccine in a, in a bucket with ice you know, and, then, and then put it in the in needle if you're doing it and inject it. Okay. So, so for us as a company, we look for applying our technology and the expertise we have not only to make a product that works and is safe, but also one that can be, be distributed and administered anywhere in the world because mm -hmm. otherwise you're leaving out populations yes so this becomes very critical because many times the highest risk populations certainly when you're talking about ebola viruses or monkeypox type viruses no those populations are also the ones that have the biggest challenges to be able to receive and be administered a vaccine so we're focused on delivering vaccines wherever possible with single dose Highly durable, but also in a minimal to, no, to non-refrigerated state. Okay. So. Once again, this is Al Simon with Sandler, and uh, this is, this is uh, Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. And our guest today, David A. Dodd, the chairman and CEO of Geovax. And, and, and David, I, I, had, I tried to get you on this show about two years ago. 
and you're you just couldn't do it i mean you were just inundated at the time you know i guess covid was fairly new then and and um and and i can imagine you and your team were just absolutely running full bore so i really appreciate you being with us uh, today uh now you know three years into the covid uh uh experiments <laughs> Uh, what is your vision for Geovax uh, as you look out from this point? Sure. The vision we're working upon and that we have expressed and try to communicate to, to everybody event, you know, potentially interested is that we're focused on improving health worldwide in all locations of the world. So that becomes very important it, by delivering vaccines and immunotherapies uh, you know, that address various cancers and also um, very highly threatening infectious diseases. And doing that in a manner that, as I mentioned earlier, that they can not only be distributed, but also administered uh, to whoever needs them. And that becomes critical. I, I was told early in my career by a, a, you know, an, an old person, younger than I am now, but he <laughs> said to me, he said, it, it is, never becomes a product until you can can not only make it and show it's safe and effective, that's the easy part, but being able to package it, ship it, deliver it, administer it, wherever it needs to be worldwide in a practical manner, that's when it becomes a useful product. And that's when it, it really is, is you've achieved what we all ought to be going. If it can only be administered in developed countries who have well, you know, well-established systems for handling stuff and we're leaving out, you know, the rest of the world, then there's still a lot of work to be done. So, so that's what our mission and what we're focused on trying to achieve. That's, that's amazing because me as a layman looking at your industry from the outside, I would think that the developing of, of the uh, therapy or the vaccine or whatever the drug is would be the hard part. You said that, you know, and making sure that it's that it's safe and effective. You're saying that's the easy part. The hard part is then making it available to everyone in the world. I would say it's the easier part. It certainly okay. isn't easy because okay. of the rate of failure. Good point. But yeah. I would say many times the unsung heroes, uh, and and when we're talking to investors and potential investors, they 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 tend not to be that interested when we start talking about we're moving to a a new manufacturing process that will allow us to produce. At, at a much higher rate of yield and all and be able to deliver this in a in a freeze-dried manner and all. Yes. you know they, everybody gets excited about what is the disease what's the cure what is the vaccine and all yeah. but we have underway right now a, a an initiative which we now are satisfied that is that we've accomplished what demonstrates it can be done and, and, and that we will be able to achieve it and it is to move from what has been an antiquated manufacturing process for the type of technology that we utilize which ended up restricting the ability and limiting the ability to produce for epidemics and pandemics it was only for sort of niche type things or if you're going to stockpile so our team has been working for two years on this and we've now achieved uh, you know all of the I'll call all the science you know experiments and all that we're now moving forward to the stage towards implementation, but but these are the things that will enable us to to really achieve that that mission. And in the end, that'll be a, as big, if not bigger, differentiator for the company than than simply what the product is and sort of the features and benefits of the, of the specific product. Tremendous. And also, you've got some other things that you're that you're doing, like you recently announced an association with two highly recognized public health leaders, right? Can you tell us about that? Sure. 
we we just announced in uh, December, so a little over a month ago, that we had uh, established, we made an announcement. One was an addition to our board of directors, Dr. Jane Morgan, so MD. Uh, Dr. Morgan is a very highly recognized uh, individual based here in Atlanta. She's associated with Peachtree for Piedmont, excuse me. Sorry, Jane. For yeah, Piedmont Healthcare. <laughs> yes, and all, all of my dear friends at Piedmont, I didn't mean that, but you are on yeah. Peachtree. But, um, but Dr. Morgan is a well-recognized health expert, health uh, equity, diversity expert, but also is the head of the COVID initiative out of Piedmont Healthcare Corporation, is a public health advocate you, involved nationally for certain with, uh, with, with many different companies and all, but we're fortunate that she has joined our board of directors Absolutely. to guide us. And so we're just delighted because of her various experience and contact. She has industry experience also, so very broad-based and, 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 and very, uh, we're just delighted. At the same time, we have announced that Dr. Valerie Montgomery Rice, who is the president CEO of Morehouse School of Medicine, probably in in many ways the the, the leading uh, medical training institution worldwide for for you know minority population individuals, physicians, yes. et cetera, but but uh, and, and it's the you know she's in and of herself is a world-renowned public health expert. She was trained in in the area of OBGYN, infertility, reproductive endocrinology. That alone, she is is well known. But she has joined with GFX as a special advisor to myself as the chairman, CEO, and our board of directors to assist us as we expand to fulfill our mission. So with, with, with Dr. Rice's uh, focus and in, in, um, involvement on a worldwide, not only are we looking to ensure greater diversity in the clinical trial programs that we and others will have underway, ensuring greater equity of access to vaccines and all, but we have an initiative underway where we're working to transfer technology and work closely with various nations and societies in Africa, for instance, so that they become self, those societies become self-sufficient in, in the areas of, of vaccine development, not simply having vaccines brought in and have to be distributed, but to be able to develop those as centers of development and excellence and in, all. In country, while at, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And while at the same time, we'll continue to develop you know, our business and benefit from that. So, so both mm. of these individuals were recently announced to be associated with GFX. It was part of a plan that we put in place just uh, almost well, two and a half years ago. In 2020, we recapitalized the company. There was about a decade for which G in which GFX was in a very toxic financial situation, unable to advance the way we would like to, and restricted on our abilities from from investments of a particular you know hedge fund, et cetera. And thanks to COVID nineteen, I say that in jest, but also a seriousness that when when that hit, the attention that we received as a company, and uh, and enabled us to to uh, basically rid ourselves of that investment. We recapitalized the company, and in September of 2020, we uh, successfully uh, financed and listed on NASDAQ. And then following that, in the fourth quarter of 2020, we made some announcements, further strengthened the, uh, the company's balance sheet, and that led us to 2021, where we actually went out and we acquired the rights worldwide to both our, our uh, oncology product, uh, Gadeptin, which is 
being developed now actively in a multi-site program treating advanced head and neck cancers, but also for the COVID-19 vaccine that we have. We have our own program underway, but this enables to jumpstart into the clinic immediately. And so that put us where we are today uh, in a very exciting outlook, well-financed, capitalized, no debt. But that just happened at, uh, in the, during the summer of 2020 leading up to that September event. So, so we're okay. very excited. And part of the plan was also to build our board of directors. Uh, we have established beyond our, 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 our relationship with, with, with Dr. Rice at, at Morehouse. We also are working with uh, Morehouse. They have a, a state-of-the-art, top-notch uh, vaccine research clinical unit that has been implemented over the last several years. So we're associating with them. Okay. We're working with them in some other areas of development. So we have quite a bit underway, that, uh, which is why two years ago it was a very busy time <laughs> for us. And yeah. all. We're in the implementation stage now. I think yeah, I think it's uh, you, your response to me was something like, I'd love to, but I'm drowning. or something. <laughs> I'm not sure what it was, but yeah, that's great. So, yeah, today you're debt-free, well-capitalized, but uh, there are quite a few potential investors that are probably listening um, to this podcast. And I'm, I'm curious as to uh, what you would say to people who are looking maybe to invest sure. from this point forward. As always, I'd say, first of all, always do your due diligence. Don't, don't take my word for it. Don't, don't take an analyst report's word for it. Those can be guidance, can, can peak interest, but do your own due diligence. That's, that's true with every in, in any investment, and I, I would stress that. And, and secondly, I would, I would look at the areas we're in. I would, I would uh, encourage you, you know, our website has information on that. You can talk to other people. But if you look at the areas we're in and our approach, we're not trying to be just an all, you know, an, another version but a smaller version of others. Our COVID-19 approach is we, uh, we anticipate we're focused on literally being the leader in providing vaccines for COVID-19, specifically for the populations of, of compromised immune individuals, so individuals with compromised immune systems. We also are in, in one of the leadership roles in trying to develop what is being touted as a universal coronavirus vaccine. So we've been presenting the animal data on that at international conferences uh, last year and now into this year, and those are very exciting. Doesn't mean that they, um, that they may not still fail, because we have to get it into humans to see, but the data is all encouraging. And then in the area of oncology, we also have some exciting pathways underway there, uh, with uh, with certainly with our, our current clinical trial for for uh, treating advanced head and neck cancer. So if I were to look at, it, I'd say that we take a different approach. Uh, we're we're successfully executing upon that approach. Is it as fast as we would like for it? It never is. <laughs> you know, people laugh because they know me. And, and the one thing that's top of mind every single morning I wake up is is how many new patients have we enrolled since yesterday's mor morning into our clinical trials? Because that's how we get to data milestones. And data milestones are what potential investors want to look at and okay. see if something is looking good, looking promising. Yeah. And so at our stage as a company now, it's all about development and getting to milestones and reporting that so stay close to us we report every quarter 
we issue other reports on updates and uh, follow us and, and do the due diligence. And there are a lot of excellent companies uh, to, in which one might invest in life sciences and biotech. We have some great competitors, but we think that we are approaching it and utilizing our expertise in a manner that will differentiate and provide very sustainable returns and nice returns for any investment someone makes. Okay, excellent. And the best way for them to, to stay close to you and keep up with this and get their questions answered on the website? Correct. Where to be, so that's www.geovax.com. Right? And the social media, you'll see posts out there. Okay. All right, good. G-E-O-V-A-X.com. David, it's been great. Thank you for being on the show and enlightening us, and it's, it's terrific. David A. Dodd, the chairman and CEO of Geovax, and uh, the work you're doing, David, is tremendous. Thanks for sharing it with us. We appreciate that. So, again, this is Thanks. Al Simon with Sandler, and uh, the show is... Simon says, let's talk business. And, and as we always do, we finish the show with the Ask Al segment. These are sales questions that we get sent. Uh, and if you have a sales question, send it to me, Al Simon at al.simon at sandler.com. Today, I'm using the question uh, from Justin. Uh, uh, Justin is a frustrated sales professional, obviously from his question. He said, I'm used to face-to-face -face sales calls. Now I'm struggling because a lot of my prospects don't meet face-to-face -face anymore like they used to. And can you help me? And the answer is, Justin, we're all dealing with this issue. We are all dealing with this issue, but it's critical that we master it because that is pretty much the future. I think there are more and more face-to-face -face sales calls made as time goes on, uh, but it's never going to go back to the way it used to be where everyone met face-to-face. -face. We're going to have to master the phone. We're going to have to master video calls especially. Uh, and so here's what I would say to Justin and to all of you is your mindset's got to be that nothing's really changed in selling, in professional selling. Nothing has really changed. You're probably going to be on airplanes less. Uh, you're probably going to drive across town less. Uh, but you're still going to have sales calls. And we've got to assume that our prospects will meet with us. And one, one great way to do that is this. I'm going to give you this particular sentence to just simply say to your prospects. And you can type it into an email or you can say it over the phone. Let's hop on a video call. Just master that phrase. Let's hop on a video call. Uh, the way that's phrased, we call it an embedded command because it's sort of a question, but not really. It's saying, here's the way we're going to do this. This is the process. So let's hop on a video call. It's a great sentence to perfect. Uh, and then the other thing I would suggest is don't book these calls back to back. The tendency has been to book calls uh, on the hour, on the half hour, and the next one is on the hour, the next half hour, and you have no time to breathe, no time to do pre-call planning, no time sometimes to even go to the restroom, for that matter. you, you got to be able to reset your mind for the next call, so don't book these things back-to-back -back during the course of a day uh, because we get sloppy when we do that, and the sales call is not as good. So let's master all this. Let's master what we call virtual selling, which is phone and video calls. And that's the Ask Al segment today. And this is Al Simon, your host on Simon Says Let's Talk Business. Thank you, David Dodd. And as always, folks, good selling. <laughs>